Good morning, Life Church. How are you today? I hope you're having a wonderful Sunday morning. I want you to know our entire staff continues to pray for you as you are at home and you're worshiping there. Uh, we miss seeing you in our in-person services, but it's always an honor to be right here with you online together. So if you would continue to connect with us, you can go to our website, you can click on our uh, services, our online services. There's a place for you to let us know if you're new with us. There's a place for prayer requests and praise reports. There's a place for online giving. Uh, if somewhere through this service you make a decision to follow Christ and you want to let us know that we can follow up with you right there in that same place, you can let us know. So church, I'm honored to be with you today. We are beginning a brand new series called God and Country. Now this series will prepare us all the way right up until election day on Tuesday, November 3rd. Uh, it's an election year and on every channel, in every office, gosh, on every educational campus, every social media platform, politics are front and center. We've had one debate with our, our candidates and so there's just so much conversation going on about politics. And I think the church needs to give biblical guidance in the area of government and politics. We believe that God has something to say to his church and to our country in the area of politics. Now, today as I teach, I just want you to know that I'm probably gonna be a little less animated. I'm gonna be sitting today, more of a teaching style, uh, mainly because I'm gonna be reading a little more from my notes because I really wanna be sure the things that I say are really accurate, just knowing some of the sensitivity, not that anybody ever gets offended about politics or anything, <laughs> right? I just wanna be careful uh, that I say uh, as clearly as possible what I believe the Lord is saying. So uh, the topic of politics, wow, in the church, maybe it's caused you to throw up a question mark, like why would the church talk about politics in church? Uh, for me, I like to look at it through the lens of discipleship. I believe the Bible addresses every area of our life. It addresses how we parent, our money, our marriage, friendships. And I think it's important that we speak on those topics and we have a, a biblical view, biblical principles in those areas of our life. I believe politics is just another form of discipleship for us and we want to learn how do we live out biblical principles in every area of our life, including politics. God's word is not silent in the area of politics. It's not silent in the area of voting and government. And so in our country, now this is in the USA, every election is important because our vote determines the future of America. Every four years, we have this amazing opportunity to decide who our leaders are going to be. And the leaders we elect will determine our future and they will determine and make decisions and policies based on important issues, things like religious liberty, things like the right to life for the unborn, uh, issues about our stand with Israel, uh, issues on increased opportunities in care for the poor and health care, national security, crime, job opportunities for everyone. There's even the issue of capitalism versus socialism. And so all of these are huge topics that impact our lives. 
Now, I recognize that many people dislike politics and would prefer that the church would just stay silent about these things and just stay out of those arenas. But I believe politics affects every area of our life. It affects your church, it affects children, it affects health, money, business, travel, freedom, prosperity, school, home, security, safety, the poor, the unborn, everyone and everything is impacted through politics and government. And I believe that if the church doesn't speak prophetically about these issues that come under the umbrella of politics, then evil has no restraint in those areas. And so I feel it's our responsibility as a church, it's our job to be biblically relevant and known in all of the areas that come under the umbrella of politics. I believe these issues are not simply political, but they are biblical and the church needs to talk about them. I think the church in many ways has been a little too quiet in the area of politics. And as a result, it's not uncommon for today's Christians to be uninformed or confused or maybe just uninterested about how our faith ought to influence our public engagement. And so are politics messy? Well, sure. Uh, if you watch the debate this week, it's messy. Uh, it's frustrating. It's all of those things. But does that mean the church ought to zip it in the area of politics and zip it on the area of difficult topics? And I believe no. I believe the church should speak into these areas. The church was never meant to embrace or avoid culture. Uh, I believe that we should actively engage our Christianity and faithfully apply biblical principles into the current political challenges of our day. So as Christians, we want to see good public policies created that reflect biblical values. And in order to see these policies, we must make our voice be heard. And we do that through our voting process. And you may be wondering, would my vote matter? Does my vote actually make a difference? Would my one vote actually change anything? And I believe absolutely yes, your vote matters. I read recently that it's estimated that over 30 million Christians do not vote. 30 million Christians do not vote. So what would happen if all of the Christians decided to vote in the next election? Well, let me phrase it like this with the impact that the Christian vote could have. Every presidential election, except for one in the last 44 years, has been decided by less than 10 million votes, which means that if every Christian voted, then we could sway public policy in ways that establish God's plan for, for our, our nation. And so I believe it's important for every person to be a part of politics in a biblical way. Personally, I would like to see 100% voter registration in our church. And I would like to encourage every member to vote according to biblical values. That would be my hope through this series. As Christians, we have a right to vote because we are citizens of America. Christians are afforded the exact same rights as every other person and every other group in America. We have the opportunity to vote for and elect men and women leaders who will set place 
in, set in place policies and principles that we can live by, uh, policies that represent the Word of God. So if we and other Christians exercise our right and our privilege to vote, then we can help establish America as one nation under God. And that would be amazing. We believe God has something to say to the church and to America concerning politics. And so that's kind of my introduction for today in this series. Uh, today, I want to talk about the topic of why Christians should vote. That's my sermon title, Why Christians Should Vote. Next week, I will talk about how Christians should vote. I will not tell you who to vote for. I will stay completely away from that. Uh, that's not even legal, and I don't feel that's my responsibility to tell you who to vote for, but I would like to encourage you on how to vote according to biblical values. And so that's what's coming up, church. Check out this video real quick, and then we'll get started with today's message on why Christians should vote. So, I'm planning to vote. Are you? Nah, I don't vote. Christians shouldn't get involved in politics. Says who? Not God. The Bible says, choose for your tribe's wise, understanding, and experienced men. God wants us to choose leaders who will make decisions based on biblical principles. If Christians won't vote for the good of America, who will? Well, I don't like either candidate, and the one that I really like isn't even in the running. Hey, no one in authority is perfect, but there's always a better choice. Pray about it and vote the better choice. Listen, I can't be bothered to vote. Our country's a big mess, and it's not going to get any better whether I vote or not. Have you ever read a history book? How do you think things get changed in our country? They get changed in the voting booth. Voting is not only our right, it's our responsibility. Hey, voting is a waste of time. My one vote doesn't make a difference. Did you know there are 90 million Christians who are eligible to vote? Take your one vote based on biblical values and multiply it by millions of other votes based on biblical values. And what do you get? You get a landslide. It starts with that one vote, yours. And don't forget that some elections have been decided by just a few hundred votes. Without your one vote, an important race could be lost. But I can't even get to the polls on election day so it doesn't matter if I want to vote or not. Well, maybe there's someone out there who can help you get to the polls. Will anyone out there help a senior citizen or someone who's handicapped or needs a babysitter or doesn't have transportation or doesn't know where their polling place is? Anyone? Yes, I see those hands. Go ahead and offer to help. All right, I'm sold. I think I'll vote after all. Thanks. Hey, I'm planning to vote. Are you? Well, I believe Christians should vote, and let me tell you why. Number one, if you're taking notes, my vote determines our future. We live in a country where the ultimate earthly authority in government resides in we the people. We're blessed as a nation that we get to impact our nation through policies and politics. In the Apostle Paul's day, the ultimate authority resided in the emperor. So Paul could only pray for his government leaders to act justly. That was his only way to impact the government. Not a bad way, and I'm not saying that's an inferior way, but that was his only way that he could impact policy in his day. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, Paul says this. He said, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, 
for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. In the United States, we are governed by we the people. We bear the ultimate authority of how our government is, is uh, being exercised in our country. Paul prayed. We have the opportunity to pray and vote and make a difference in our country and participate in government that way. Our vote is our way of exercising our authority and responsibility to govern God's way. And so we get to be a part of it. When Paul said to pray for those in authority, honestly, in America, the people carry the authority. And so not only do we vote for that, but we carry a responsibility to help govern God's way. Our vote is how we help govern. Now, I want you to notice the connection between governmental authority and the result of how we live our lives. Because Paul said in verse two, he said, pray for the kings and all those in authority. And then it says, so that we may live peaceful and quiet lives. So in other words, those in authority help set the culture, the tone, and the policies that we live by. And so we believe that how we vote impacts how we live. Voting isn't the only way we set direction for our future, but voting is an important part of determining the future of America. And so I believe that my vote and your vote determines the future of America. Number two, if you're taking notes today, voting is an act of Christian stewardship. It's an act of Christian stewardship. As a Christian, I believe voting can be a part of our stewardship, the responsibility that we have as Christians. It's a way that we live out our faith. Now, stewardship means to manage all the resources and the opportunities that are provided to us by God for His glory. So it's just managing his resources, managing his opportunities that he gives to us. In other words, everything belongs to God and we are just stewards. I'm just a steward of what God has given me. And I want to be faithful as a steward to everything that God has given to me. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter four and two, it says, now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. And so the Apostle Paul is saying that it's a requirement in, as a Christian that whatever we have been entrusted with, that we would be faithful to it. In other words, we would be good stewards with what God has given us. In my personal life, I, I happen to own a Jeep. I love my Jeep. And I have to kind of at times uh, rethink about my Jeep that it's not my Jeep, but it is God who has given me the ability to, to earn some money, to be able to buy that Jeep, and honestly, I like to say it is God's Jeep and he has just entrusted to me its care. So I don't take the ownership possessiveness of it. I'm just a steward of what God has given me. There are so many other areas in our life that we are stewards of. For me in my life, uh, I believe that God has given me an amazing wife and an amazing family. Therefore, I'm devoted to them. I love them. I do all I can to care for them because I love them, but also I believe it's something that God has given to me to be a great steward of. 
Now, in this verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and 2, the Apostle Paul is speaking about his ministry at this time when he says it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. Paul's talking about the trust of preaching the good news of Jesus Christ. And so Paul is, is saying that he has been entrusted with this and he views this, op, this opportunity as an obligation to steward that responsibility for God's glory. And so I believe that whether it's money, our time, our opportunities, or our ministries, and yes, even our vote, that it is an opportunity to be a steward for God in those areas. In the book of Genesis, chapter 2.15, is a verse about stewardship. And it says, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And so we recognize that the Garden of Eden was God's and he put Adam there and he said for him to work it and take care of it. Adam's job was to take care of the garden for God on his behalf. I like to think of this and say that I believe God has placed us in America to work it and take care of it on his behalf. I believe we are stewards of this amazing nation that God has put us in. One of the ways we take care of America is by our vote and we vote according to our biblical principles so that we can take care of God's garden, America, in a way that honors him. And one of the ways we live out our faith is through our vote. Now, I'm not sure I would take this uh, conversation as far as to say that if you do not vote, that it's a sin. I wouldn't go that far with it. I think that might be uh, just one step past where I'd like to take it. But I am going to suggest to you that not voting is really missing an opportunity to steward something that God has given to us. So I'm not gonna say it's a sin, but I will tell you the book of James gets pretty close to possibly saying it this way. He says this in James 4, 17, and I'll just let the Bible say it. But Paul, I mean, but James said this, he said, if anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is a sin for them. So he's saying, if you know the good you should be doing and you don't do it, he says it's a sin. So listen, I don't know if that's directly talking about voting. Uh, I studied that scripture and it didn't have a direct reference to something that it had to be about. So it's more general. And I would say that in any area that we know that God has given us something that we should be doing and we aren't doing, then we're missing the mark. We are missing that opportunity to steward what God has given to us. I believe your vote can do a lot of good and I believe it's an opportunity to do something good. We are privileged in our country that every person over the age of 18, regardless of gender, regardless of race, and regardless of religion, can vote. It's a privilege. I believe we should vote. I think it's a matter of stewardship. Amen. The third thought for us today as we're talking about why Christians could vote is I believe that government was God's idea and Christians should engage in the political process. Now, many of us don't enjoy politics. Honestly, not always my favorite topic. I tend to um, not enjoy um, argumentative debates and, and things that come into politics at times. And 
I would rather avoid those things, I agree. But um, I think that sometimes because we don't enjoy politics, we diminish our engagement in the political process. And I don't think that's the best answer either. Now, I'm not saying that you need to jump on Facebook and, and post the candidate you're going to vote for. And I'm not saying that you need to put a, you know, a bumper sticker for your political party on your car. I'm not saying anything like that. But I do believe that since God established government and he uses it for his purpose, then I believe it's honorable and I believe it's right and I believe it's biblical to engage in government and politics. And so just because we don't like it doesn't mean it's wrong or bad. I honestly think it's honorable to engage in something that helps bring about God's plan for America. And I believe he uses government to do that. And so for me, I think at the minimum, at the minimum engagement for every believer, I would put it that these three things. One, I think that at a minimum, we should learn the current issues and the current platform party platforms. I think that's a minimum. We ought to study those. We ought to find out what they stand for, what they plan on voting for. I think platforms are much more important than the personalities of the people that we're voting for. Uh, the platforms are going to be what they legislate. The platforms are going to be the direction they take our country. And I think at the minimum, we should learn what they stand for and the direction they want to take our, our country. You can go to both the Democratic website and the Republican website, and you can find out their party platforms. I encourage you to read them and find out what they stand for. The second thing I believe as a minimum is we ought to pray about our vote. I think you should prayerfully decide who I'm going to vote for because this candidate stands for these issues, these platforms, and these are important to what I believe God is saying to us. So one, we should learn. Two, we should pray. And three, I believe we should vote. I believe voting is important that we vote according to biblical principles. So those are the three things that I think are so important. Now, beyond that, I would suggest to you that you can go beyond that minimum, and I think it would be great. I believe God uses government for his purpose. And I think as Christians, we should encourage more Christians to run for government offices and to run for roles that are in our, in our government at every level, from a local level all the way up to the president. I think Christians ought to be involved in every part of it, helping establish policies that line up with the word of God. So was God was government God's idea? I've mentioned that a couple of times. I believe, yes, it is. Government is God's idea. In the book of Romans, it says in chapter 13, one, it says everyone must submit to governing authorities for all authority comes from God and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. In this verse, the apostle Paul says that government has been placed here by God. We are to submit to those governing authorities that are over us. Down the line in this series, we probably should have a conversation that we should submit and how we should pray for and how we should not criticize whoever gets elected into office. I believe that we should uh, always bless those who are placed in authority over us. 
But I believe this also says to us that because of the, the nature that God has established uh, government authority, those we vote for and the fact that we have to submit to those authorities, that it's so much imp more important that we vote for the people that we want to submit to. All the more reason to get involved in the process of voting. We have to live with the results. Uh, for a president, we live for four years of that result. But also the president has other decisions he make that impact us significantly longer, such as the Supreme Court judges and other judges and the policies they establish. They can live on for many years after their presidency. It's a privilege to get to vote and be a part of stewarding the civil government by how we participate. But I believe God established government and I believe he wants us to help make an impact. Did God establish government? Does God use government? Yes. In the Old Testament, it provides several examples of faithful political engagement. For example, there's Joseph and Daniel who both served in foreign administrations and used their influence to implement policies that benefited their culture. In the case of Joseph, if you remember his story, during a devastating famine, God used his position in the Egyptian government to protect and provide for his family and the nation of Israel. So God used government to help support the nation of Israel. Also, if you know the story of Queen Esther, she was used uh, by God to, in her influence in the Persian government to save the Jewish people from a state-sanctioned genocide. So God has used people in government for his purposes. God established government and he uses it for his purpose. The problem, church, with all things is that when people take what God meant for good and we use it for immoral and selfish ambition and therefore politics gets really messy. Politics is hard. Politics can be divisive. And we must remember church as I begin to close today that we are Christians first and political influencers second. Our primary calling is as a believer. Our secondary calling could be influencing politics. As Christians, we should engage in the political process while maintaining all of the fruits of the Spirit. And if you can't keep the fruits of the Spirit together, then you're probably not ready for politics. And so I would encourage you to study those fruits as you enter into political conversations. We should love, we should be full of joy, we should have peace, we should be patient, kind, have, be full of goodness and faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Wouldn't it be great if politics actually had that? Well, it doesn't, but we can. And that's our call as believers to be Christians in the middle of the political arena. And so church, I wanna encourage you today to vote. Get registered and vote. Register and vote. If you're not registered, I wanna give you a resource to get registered. I want to, you to check out this uh, website link. It's on your screen. It's also gonna be in the description of this video and you'll be able to click on that description. But if you write that down, but go to the USA.gov to the voter registration section. On that section, there's a place for you to register to vote. 
And I want everyone in our church to be registered to vote, to participate in the election coming up. I think it's important that we get to vote. And so be sure you're registered. If you don't know if you're registered or if you don't know what state you're registered in or what county you're registered in, in that same place on that website, there is a link there for you to confirm your registration. I would encourage you to confirm your registration. Make sure that you are registered to vote. Uh, the voter registration deadline is this Friday. And so you have a few days, but not many days to get registered. It's not a hard process. So I'm asking you to register to vote because I believe Christians should vote. Amen, church. Well, I wanna close today with this last portion. And I think it's important that we actually pray. There are two ways we impact and influence our nation. One is through prayer and one is through voting. I wanted to close today's message with prayer because it's the most influential and most powerful thing we can do as a Christian. The Bible encourages us in 1 Timothy again. It says, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful, quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. So today, church, would you join me as we close out today? I wanna to pray for our nation. I wanna pray for our, our candidates and I wanna pray for the election process. And so for this moment, let's just bow our heads. Dear Lord, thank you that we live in a country that is free to vote and participate in government and the political process. We know our country is far from perfect and has many areas of weaknesses. And that, Lord, is why we are praying. We want to see our country become all that you have dreamed of it becoming. We lift up our current president, Donald Trump. We pray first for his spiritual life. We do not know his spiritual condition, but God, like all of us, we ask for more of your presence and lordship in his life. We ask that you would cause him to lead our country by your divine guidance. God bless him and his family. We pray for the upcoming presidential election. Please show your people the right platforms, the right issues to focus on and help us to vote according to your biblical principles, Lord. We pray for both candidates, President Donald Trump and former Vice President Biden during this election process. We ask that you would protect them from harm and sickness and strengthen them and help them to share their platforms and priorities for America. And finally, Lord, we pray that our land will be a place where you are glorified and its people live in peace and prosperity. We pray for your blessings on America. God, we ask for you to stir revival in our country. We ask that churches in America would grow and flourish. We ask God that you would do these things. Blow your winds of salvation from coast to coast. We pray this today in the name of Jesus, amen, amen. Church, thanks for tuning in today. Thanks for hanging in there with me for a message that we have deemed why Christians should vote as we kick off this series. We look forward next week to talking about how we should vote, not who we should vote for, but how we should vote. I encourage you to tune in next week. We love you. God bless you.